Recording in progress. Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Davav Ahmed Bey's, the bottom two lines. The Gemara is discussing, it's continuing to discuss whether you're allowed to live with your wife for the first time on Friday night. Now, the problem would be Chavola um, or making a Pesach. So the Gemara says like this, Masiv Ravami, Ravami has a kasha, Hamapis Mursa. Hamapis Mursa means that if someone has like a pimple, so are you allowed to pop a pimple on Shabbos? So imlasis lapeh, if you are interested in making an opening. Now, what, what does that mean? So Rashi says Apparently, if you you know you pop a pimple because you want to get rid of the pus and you want it to go away, but if you wanted to make an opening in your face, let's say you felt that that was nicer to open up the pore. I think it's the opposite nowadays. But if you wanted to make an opening, then it's chayiv. For bona, vim lahotzi many lecha. Go to the next page. But if it's just to take away the the pus inside, meaning to get rid of the liquid, so then it's considered mutter. It's completely mutter. Now, yeah, I, I don't know why you'd want to open it up. Whatever, um, to allow airflow. But point is, if you open up a pimple to let let the the pus out, then it's completely mutter. So what's the question? The question is, how is that different? than living with a woman for Friday night, right? We assume that it's a problem because of making, let's say, a Pesach. But why? Your intention is not to make an opening. Your intention is to is to have the blood come out. So if that's if that's your intention, it should be like Mapis Morsa, which is completely mutter. So the Gemara answers, The difference is, by the case of Mapis Morsa, by the case of the, the pimple, the, the pus is considered completely separated from the skin. Therefore, the only issue is making an opening. There's no issue of making a wound. However, when it comes to basula, the blood is considered partially absorbed in the walls of the skin, and therefore, when the blood comes out, it's considered more of, a, of an action of wounding than the case of mapis morsa. Okay. Now, the Gemara continues... Again, if there's any questions, you let me know. We're going to go back there. It's, it's not a hard daft today. Rav Ami shara l'mivol b'tchil b'shabbos. Rav Ami allowed someone to live with his wife for the first time on Friday night. Amri l'rabonon. Oh, so the rabonon said to him, v'haloik siva ksuvasa. I guess the case was that that couple had not yet written a ksuva. So the question is, how do you let them live together? The halacha is that if you don't have a valid ksuba, you're not allowed to stay together. That's one of Takanas chazal. The whole point of the ksuba is to protect the wife. If the ksuba is lost or not yet written, you're not allowed to be together. So this couple lived together on Friday night, but wait a minute, they don't yet have a ksuba. I guess that was the case. So how are they allowed to be together? So Amr at fasua metaltalin. Rava said, what you have to do is allocate... Um, the couch, meaning, how much is a ksuba valued at? Let's say a ksuba is valued at $2,000. So, I don't know, I'm just making up a number. So, the problem is they had yet not written a ksuba. The purpose of the ksuba is to protect the wife, because without the ksuba, you could just divorce her without any financial penalty. So, therefore, Chazal made it that you need a ksuba in order to be together. This couple did not yet have a ksuba, so you know what you do? You officially allocate the couch as collateral. You say, until the ksuba is written, this couch, which is worth $2,000, is your ksuba. And if we get divorced, you could take the couch. So that was a way of avoiding, so it's not a written ksuba, but it's you make a kinyan and you make an acquisition. You say that this couch is officially valued at the same value, and you could take the couch if need be.
So that was a way of avoiding. That's how they could be together without a ksuba. That is practically, by the way, what were to happen. I guess that's what you'd have to do if the ksuba is ripped or lost and you cannot get a ksuba in the meantime, which I'm not sure why the case would be, but let's say you just there's no one around to fill out the ksuba, then what they do is they tell you to take the value of the ksuba and to allocate um, financial, whatever, like couches or, or movable objects to be sort of in the stead of the ksuba. The Gemara continues, Rav Zvid Zvid allowed a chasen and kala to be together for the first time on Friday night. And And some say Rav Zvid actually did it himself. He was with his wife for the first time on Friday night. So, right now we're saying that it's allowed. Rav Yehuda allowed for a couple to be together for the first time on the night of Yom Tif. So that, that, the question is like this, was Rabbi Yehuda specifically being lenient by Yom Tif as opposed to Shabbos? Or he, was be, he would be lenient by Shabbos as well, just the case was Yom Tif. So it's a machlokas. Amar Rav, Papi, also Don't say that he only permitted on Yom Tif and not Shabbos, because the truth is, Rav Yehuda would have been lenient for Shabbos as well. He was just lenient on Yom Tif because Umaisa Shahaya Kachaya. He was just lenient on Yom Tif because that was the Maisa Shahoya. But the truth is, if you'd ask him, he would be lenient on Shabbos as well. Rav Papa Mishmei Rava, but Rav Papa in the name of Rava says, no, Yom Tif Shari B'Shabbos Aser. It's only Mutter on Yom Tif and it's not Mutter on Shabbos. Now, why Why would that be? So I'll explain it outside, then we'll see it inside. The concept is, the issue of, of being together for the first time, let's assume is an issue of Chavala, of making a wound. According to most opinions, making a wound is under the the av malacha of, of killing. Right? When you kill someone and make a wound, you're sort of killing him a little bit. So it's considered, chaval is considered included in Natilas neshama. Now there's a concept on Yom Tif that we know that on Yom Tif you're allowed, why are you allowed to carry on Yom Tif? Right? We know that when there's, even without an air, you can carry on Yom Tif. Why? So it's a concept called mitoich. Mitoich means... Because Chazal, because the Torah allowed you to prepare food, so any malacha that can be used for the preparation of food is permitted as long as it has a yomtiv need. So because you can carry food without an eriv, because it's necessary for food, and we know that yomtiv we allow preparation for food, so you're allowed to carry anything that has yomtiv needs, like a sitter. It's called mitoich. So too over here, because you're allowed to shecht an animal, you're allowed to cause another person a wound, which is included inside the category of killing. So because you're allowed to kill for food, you'd be allowed to cause a wound on Yom Tif as long as it's necessary. Now, it's generally not necessary to cause a wound, but this would be a case where it would be necessary because for the owner Yom Tif of being with your wife, that's a wound that would be permitted. Now, so that's the Gemara says. The Gemara says that's why it's permitted to be with the wife only on Yom Tif and not on Shabbos, because it's a wound issue, which prohibits Shabbos, but Yom Tif, it's allowed because metayich shehutra l'tzayich Yom Tif, hutzah Yom Tif. So he says, my daitach, amalei rav papa ilaba, rav papa, my daitach, metayich shehutra chavur l'tzayich, hutzah nami shaloy l'tzayich. That's why it's allowed. By the way, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky had a shita. He said he wouldn't tell this practically to people, but he would say that you can kill a mosquito on Yom Tif. Why? If you're allowed to kill a uh, shechtin animal, so you're allowed to kill in the non-food necessity, as long as it's necessary for Yom Tif. 
So it's the same argument of why you're allowed to be with a wife for the first time because we're allowed we're allowing you to cause a wound on Yom Tif, because if we allow killing, which is the Av Malach on Yom Tif, so we allow any subcategory as long as it's necessary. Now here's the problem. That's called Mitoich. Now there's one, um, there's a second issue on Yom Tif, and that's called Dover Hashava Lechol Nefesh. Dover Hashava Lechol Nefesh means that we only allow uh, uh, any any this concept of any food preparation, all things that are permitted on Yom Tif are only permitted if it's called Dover Hashava Lechol Nefesh means the average person deems it necessary. If it's something that the average person does not deem necessary, it's Aser de Oraisa, which is, by the way, why the Mishnah felt, he wrote a hundred years ago, you're not allowed to heat up water for a shower on Yom Tif. You'll ask yourself, what's the big deal? If you're allowed to heat up water for drinking, right, you're allowed to make tea, so why can't I heat up water? I should be allowed to heat up water for any Yom Tif needs. Taking a shower is definitely a Yom Tif need. So why was it such a big shy love whether you're allowed to take a hot shower on Yom Tif? The reason is because, as we're going to see right now, there's a concept called Dover Hashavalichal Nefesh, which means that for something to be permitted on Yom Tif, it has to be deemed necessary. In the times of the Mishabura, heating up water for a shower to shower more than once a week was considered so high class, it was so unnecessary. No one no one deemed it necessary. So therefore, that it's not permitted. So the Gemara is going to ask, even if you want to say that it's permitted to be with the wife, because causing a wound is mitok shehut shalotzarech, but is it, is, it, is it considered necessary? Is this not considered unnecessary for the average person? The Gemara says, if you're telling me the concept of mitoch, which means that if it's permitted for yomtif needs, we permit it for, for food needs, we permit it for any yomtif needs, then why can't I make incense? Right? I want to make a fire and I want to burn incense just to make the room smell nice. That's not permitted. But why? If I'm allowed to barbecue meat, why can't I barbecue incense? It's considered yomtif needs. Now, the reason why we don't permit it is because only the super fabulously wealthy. Um, the super wealthy deemed it necessary to have incense. The average person was like, it smells fine in here. Only the super wealthy would have incense. So because it's not necessary for the average person, it's therefore not considered permitted. Which is, by the way, why maybe nowadays smoking is no longer permitted on Yom Tif, because it's not necessarily necessary for the average person. So he's saying, so according to you, that we just have this concept of mitoch, that if it's allowed for Yom Tif, for food needs, it's allowed for any Yom Tif need, then why can't I make incense? So what do you say? It needs to be necessary for the average person. Okay. So the Gemara, so Rashi speaks out, living with the wife is considered necessary for the average couple. So therefore it's permitted. Making incense, not so, not so. The Gemara says, Now the Gemara just has a question. You're telling me there's this concept called which means that for it to be permitted on Yom Tif, even for food preparation, it has to be deemed necessary by the average person. Wait a minute. The Gemara says, Let's say you catch a deer on Yom Tif. Now, apparently deer venison was very, very, very expensive and only the super wealthy ate it. So you're going to tell me that you can't cook venison meat. Why? Because the average person deems it unnecessary. The Gemara says, 
El miad is amlo tzvi biyom tefal bein shavachol nefesh achanami de asu lemishchadei. Does that mean I can't slaughter and eat venison on yom tef because only the super wealthy get it? And you're telling me that it has to be average, the average has to be accessible to the average person? So the answer is no. Amli ano dorat sorul chol nefesh kamina tzvi sorul chol nefeshu. No, what it means is it has to be deemed necessary to the average person. Dear is it, it not necessary meaning that that you know the average person feels. It's unnecessary. What I mean is like this. Incense was completely unnecessary to poor people. They, they, it's not like they wish they had it. It's not like they're like, oh, I wish I could afford incense, but I can't. They were like, no, I don't, I don't need it. It's completely unnecessary. It's an extravagance that the average person's like, we're good. Showering 100 years ago with hot water was just like, eh, it's fine. I'll wait for, I'll wait for Friday. Venison... It's not that it's unnecessary for the average person. The average person can't afford it. If you would ask any poor person, would you like really expensive meat right now? They'd be like, sure. They just can't afford it. Dabar Shalachal Nefesh does not mean that it's accessible to the average person. Accessible meaning that it's, it doesn't have to be practically accessible to the average person. It has to be that the average person would say, yeah, this would enhance my yant of, yeah, I'm in. Apparently, um, making incense, the poor person will be like, ah, I'm good. I, I, it's it, it's completely over-the-top unnecessary. I'm good. And they would pass on it. That's the difference. So living with the wife is considered shavad nefesh because the average person would say, yeah, they, they, if, if possible, I would I would love to. And, and so too it is with venison meat. However, incense is considered initial nefesh because it's such an extravagance that the average person would say completely unnecessary and I'm good. They would bypass it, I guess. Um, one second. just want to see if our script describes any differently. Yeah. Yeah. Incense is not needed except for by the very... I mean, that's the point. Uh, incense was like... It was only needed by the average, by the very, very wealthy. The, average, the poor person's like, I think my room smells fine. That's the difference. Okay. Um, let's go weiter. Now the Gemara says, "Amrav Yaakov Aridi, Hoyra Rav Yochanan mitzaydon also live with chibashabs. Rav Yochanan was Moira. Rav Yochanan paskind that you're not allowed to be with your wife for the first time on Friday night." Now the Gemara points out that the word Hoyra, which is a certain type of uh, giving over a psak, is usually not found with a chumra. Usually Hoyra is when it's a leniency. The Gemara just has that rule. I'm not sure why, but the, the Gemara wants to know. So now you're telling me he said the word hoira, he paskin that it's usher to be with your wife. Do we ever find the lashon of hora regarding a chumra? Isn't hora always regarding a kula? Umiyaka hoira iser is. Do we ever find a hoira? The word hoira, this lashon of paskining with the word hoira for a chumra. The answer is in. Yeah, we find it for hatanana. We have a couple examples of the word hoira being used by a chumra. This is an example. Um, this is a whole sugya in Nazir that there was a what was her woman's name? Um, this is a woman. Oh, Hilni Amalka. Hilni Amalka. She said, I think it was her son went to war, and she said if her son comes back, then she's going to be a nazira. She'll be a nazir for seven years. She was a nazir for seven years, but she did it outside of Israel. Now the halacha is outside of Israel. The airspace outside of Israel is rabbinically tame because we're afraid that there are graves everywhere of non-Jews. So basically, she was a Nazira for seven years in a place that she was not allowed to be a Nazira, rabbinically. So Chazal made it. So the Gemara says, Hayruhu beis Hillel Nazira Beis Hillel paskin a chumra that when she got back to Eretz Yisrael, 
she had to be Nazira again for another seven years to make up for the seven years that she did because Basil was not happy with the first seven years of Nazira's. So that's an example of Hayra'a to be Machmer. Uh, another one, Inamika the Tanya Chut This is talking about the spine. If an animal breaks its spine, it could be a trefa. It could cause the animal to be treif. So the question is, how much of the spine has to break? How much of a severing of the spine? So chutz hashudr As long as the majority of the spine is severed, um, as long as the majority of the spine is severed, it is considered a trefa. So that's hayra'a to be machmer, hayra'a to say that it's a trefa. Um... Rav Yaakov says even if the, the, the spinal cord is uh, has a hole in it, that's enough to make it a, 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 a treif. And what's the example of Hoyra? Hoyra Rebbe ker Rav Yaakov. The Rebbe paskin like Rav Yaakov, that if there's a hole in the vertebrae, it is a treif animal. And that's an example of Hoyra to be machmer. Okay, let's go weiter. The Gemara continues like this. Achas Basula, whether she's a Basula, she's a virgin, Vachas Almana, or whether she's it's her second marriage, to Una Bracha. In both cases, whether it's her first marriage or her second marriage, there are Sheva Brachas at the wedding. Okay. So there are Sheva Brachas under the Chuppah, whether she's a Basula, or whether it's a first marriage or a second marriage. Okay. Now, the Gemara understands this to say that there's a week of Sheva Brachas. Right, it says there's Sheva Brachas. Now, there's two, when we say Sheva Brachas, there's Sheva Brachas under the Chuppah, right? You call up Rabbanim to say Sheva Brachas, that's the first Sheva Brachas. And then we obviously know there's seven days where every meal has Sheva Brachas. So the Gemara is saying that regardless of whether it's her first marriage or her second marriage, there are Sheva Brachas. Now, the Gemara is going to try to clarify what that means. So the Gemara says, did Ravuna actually say that? Didn't Ravuna say that in Almana, a second marriage, there is no bracha? Seemingly, meaning there is no Sheva brachas. So is there Sheva brachas by a second marriage or not? So the answer is loy kasha. The answer is, it depends. There are Sheva brachas as long as it's the first marriage for somebody. Meaning, if it's, she, if it's her second marriage... So then, is there Sheva Brachas for a week? So the answer is, well, it depends. If it's his first marriage, then yes, because it's still his first marriage. So there's Simcha, because it's his first marriage. If it's his second marriage, and it's her second marriage, so it's a widow marrying a widow, so then the Halacha is, there is no week of Sheva Brachas. That's what Gemara says. So you tell me if it's a second marriage for both, there's no Sheva Brachas. Again, the Gemara is not sure. Does that mean there's no Sheva Brachas at all? Does that mean there's no week of Sheva Brachas? Right now we're saying there's just no Sheva Brachas. We'll have to fl- clarify. The Brisa says, How do I know that there are Sheva Brachas, that the Brachas of Chasanim, which is... Um, the, the, the Sheva Brachas, is Ba'asara. How do I know that you need a minion for Sheva Brachas. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, the Gemara says, how do I know that there's a uh, Sheva Brachas with a minion? Shenemar, it says in the Passover, There's a whole story of Boyaz calling over Pelenial Pelenia Moni to marry Rus, 
he refuses. So then Boyaz decides to marry her. He's going to see that in that discussion he refused because she was from Moavia. She was a Moavia woman. And he thought that a Moavia woman is not allowed, just like a Moavi man is not allowed to be married. But Boaz was saying it is permitted, but he refused. So eventually, so Boaz married her. Now all of this took place... Asara Anoshim, Mizikneir, it took place in front of ten. And the end of it is Boaz getting married with her. So you see that the marriage has to take place in front of ten, meaning Shevrachus needs ten. Okay. Fine. The Gemara continues. Uh, one sec, I'm sorry. Yeah. Fine. The Gemara continues like this. Uh, now here's the question you're telling me that when it's a second marriage for both there's no Sheva Brachas at all meaning not even at the wedding right? it says there's no Sheva Brachas seemingly not just that there's no week of Sheva Brachas there's no Sheva Brachas at the wedding but now Boaz is the source of Sheva Brachas and Boaz is marrying Rus. It was Boaz's second marriage, and it was Rus' second marriage. So it's a second marriage for both, and they had Sheva Brachas. They had Sheva Brachas in front of ten people. The Gemara says, Boaz, Boaz was an example of a widow marrying a widower, and you still had Sheva Brachas. So how could you say there's no Sheva Brachas when it's a second marriage for both? There is. The answer is, The answer is, there's Sheva Brachas at the wedding. That everyone agrees to. When he said there's no Sheva Brachas, when it's a second marriage for both, it means there's no week of Sheva Brachas. You don't do every meal during the week, Sheva Brachas. You just do the Sheva Brachas at the wedding. The Sheva Brachas meal, meaning not only under the chuppah, under the chuppah, and then at the end of the meal, you have, at the end of the wedding, you have Sheva Brachas, and that's it. So that night, there's Sheva Brachas. Okay. So right now, so if I were to ask you, is there Sheva Brachas for the week? So you say when it's a first marriage for one of them, yes. When it's a second marriage for both, only at the meal. So it's binary. There's one night of Sheva Brachas when it's a second marriage for both, and then there's seven days of Sheva Brachas for everyone else. Now here's the problem. Now here's the problem. I'll tell you outside, we'll see it inside. The problem was, if you remember, when does an almana get married? So it says she can marry Thursday. Why? Because Azal wanted to her to celebrate, to have simcha for three days. So if she gets married on Thursday, so she has Thursday, she has Friday, because they didn't work on Friday, and then Shabbos, she has three days of simcha. The Gemara tries to figure out, what does that simcha mean? Because if you're telling me that if it's a second marriage for both, you only have one night of Sheva Brachas. That's it. Seemingly, there's no... There's no simcha after that. Like, if there's no halachic ramifications, then we're done. If it's a first marriage for one of them, you have seven days of Sheva Brachas. So seven days of simcha. So you have seven or one, but now all of a sudden there's three. So what's the three coming in? So it's like we have one Sheva Brachas meal if, if it's a second marriage for both. You have seven days of Sheva Brachas if it's a first marriage for one of them. And then now you have an almana gets married Thursday because you have three days of simcha. What is three days of simcha? I thought it's seven or one. So the Gemara says, So what's this? What's the three situations? The answer is, First of all, it could be that when it says three days of Simcha, it's talking about a second marriage. I, I thought there's only one night of Sheva Brachas. The answer is there's one night of Sheva Brachas, but there's three days where they're supposed to have Simcha. What does that mean? It means for those three days, they don't go to work. For those three days, there's no Tachanun when he davens in the shul. For those three days, they need Shomrim. So it's one night of Sheva Brachas, but it's three days of Simcha. Simcha and Sheva Brachas are not the same. Or, 
Or you could say that when it says three days of Simcha, it's really talking about a first marriage for one of them. I, I thought there's seven days of Sheva Brachas. Again, seven days of Sheva Brachas, but three days of Simcha. I don't know. I don't think we pass in that way because we pass in that they exempt, they're exempt from Tachanun. Um, yeah. Um, well, the Simcha means not working. Yeah. Okay, fine. Let's go back to the Gemara. Meisve second Amid, mevarchen lebsula shiva ulamani yaimechad. Right, the Brisa says that when it's a besula, she has seven days of sheva brachas, and when it's almana, one day. So my lab afilo almana shenasa lebacher. You're saying to me that as long as it's a first marriage for one of them, it's seven days of sheva brachas. But this says a widow gets one day. Is this not referring to a case where the widow marries? a guy who's never been married before, so it's a first marriage for him, and yet you still see it's only one day of Sheva Brachas? The answer is, Loyla Alma. No, when it says that an Almana gets one day, it means where it's a second marriage for both. But if she was marrying someone who was never married before, what would the halacha be? It would be Shiva. He would get seven days of Sheva Brachas. The Gemara says, wait, if that's the case, then why isn't it listed in the Brisa? Right, the Brisa says that if she's a Basula, she was never married before, she gets seven days of Sheva Brachas. If she's a widow marrying a widow, then it's one day. And the Brisa doesn't speak it out. The Brisa should speak it out, that if it's a widow marrying someone who's never been married before, they get seven, seven days of Sheva Brachas. So why doesn't the Brisa speak it out? So it should speak it out. The answer is, the Brisa just wanted to be more simple, and that is, it said a Basula, a Basula has seven days, because every Basula gets seven days. And it says an Almona that marries an Almona is one day, because that's also true. It didn't want to get into the details of an Almana marrying a Bachar, Almana marrying Almana. It just said Almana is one day because Almana is at least one day. A Basula is seven days because a Basula is always seven days. It didn't want to get into every single subcategory. Milsa de Psiktika Amar. Deleka Basula de Batsumishiv, Leka Almana de Batsumiyamacha. So it just didn't want to get into all the details, but the omission is not a proof of anything. Okay. Let's go back to the Gemara Gufa. Amr of Nachman. How do I know that you have to have Sheva Brachas? At the wedding or in general, with 10 people, you need a minion. The Pasuk says that Boaz gathered them together. He had 10 men there, and eventually it led to him getting married. So you see that the marriage which has the Sheva Brachas in it requires a minion, because that's why Boaz gathered 10 people. Why else would he gather 10 people? Ravavo doesn't like this, as we're going to see in a little bit. Ravavo feels that perhaps Boaz gathered them together not for the Sheva Brachas. Perhaps that's not a good raya. Perhaps Boaz was gathering them together to tell them the halachic ruling that you're allowed to marry a Moavi woman. And the halacha is that when you write, when you're Mechadesh HaHalacha, you want to publicize it. So maybe the ten people was just to publicize that Rus is permitted, so that no one would be able to question it later on but not to say that you need a minion for Sheva Bracha. So rather, he says, The Pasuk says, With a gathering of people, with a minion, They blessed Hashem, From the midst of the Jewish people. Now, Mekar also means a womb. W-M-O-M-B. So, they blessed Hashem with a minion regarding the womb, meaning the brachos that are related to the womb, or brachos are related to weddings, you have to bless Hashem with a gathering. 
That's his source. So what does Rav Nachman do with that pasuk? Because he feels they already know that from Boaz. He uses it for a different price. That he uses it from a different pasuk. Then when it says they bless from the source, from the womb, it means the babies. That when Kla Yisrael sang Shira Az Yashir, even the babies in the womb sang Shira, whatever that means. Okay. So he used that pasuk for that, and not for a minion for Shavu Brachas. Ravavo responds, Im He says, if the pasuk was just trying to teach you that the baby sang Shira from the womb, say mi beten. Say beten. That they sang from inside the womb. My mimkar. So what does it mean that they sang from the the depths? Al iske mikar. It's referring to the 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 the, the actions of the depths, meaning procreation, which is uh, the Sheva Brachas. So what does Rav Vo do with Rav Nachman's Pasuk that again, that the minion is from Boaz, so what does he do with that? He says that the need for a minion over there was not for Sheva Brachas, it was to publicize that Moavi women are permitted. Why? He says, I'll prove it to you. It says they weren't just ten men, they were Zakanim, they were ten Rabbonim. He says, if the purpose was just to have a minion, why do you gather Rabbonim together? It must be the purpose was to paskin and to figure out and to delineate and to publicize that you need that a Moavi woman is permitted. So he wanted Rabbonim to be there to make sure that he, everything was correct. Because if it was just for a minion, why do they have to be Zakanim? Okay, So Rav Nachman says to him, wait, if you're just telling me that they gathered together to figure out whether Rus is permitted, what do you need a minion for? Get a Bezdin. Why can't you have three Rabbonim, five Rabbonim, seven Rabbonim? What do you need ten Rabbonim for? To Paskin. Yeah, Ramosha Feinstein can Paskin that on his own, so what do you need ten? He says, Le parsume nisa, le parsume milsa, To publicize. The Psak you could do with one person, but you got to publicize that it's permitted. Shmuel once said to Rav Chanan, to Rav Chana, gather me ten people, and I want to tell you a halacha, that if you um, want to acquire something for a fetus, so a woman's pregnant and you want to acquire something for that baby when it's born, it works. So it's not related right now, but you see that he gathered ten people together for that purpose. So you see that there's an Indian of gathering ten people together to publicize a halacha. The halacha is a mazaka l'ober loikana. The halacha is that if you mazaka for an ober, it is loikana. It does not work. Now I'll just get to the bottom two dots, and we'll stop. Tan rabbanim mivarchen birchas chasanim bebeis chasanim. We say birchas chasanim. We say shava brachas in beis chasanim. Now what does beis chasanim mean? Beis chasanim. Um, Rashi says it means you only do shava brachas after the chuppah. Meaning after Kedushin, when you give a woman a ring, you say, Arabi Kedash Asli, there's no Sheva Brachas then. Because they, again, they would make a, they would separate, they would do Sheva Brachas, they would do Kedushin, and then a year later do Nesuin. So he's saying that there's only Sheva Brachas after Nesuin. Some Rishonim actually say Beis Chasanim, which for Yehuda, this is related to you, that they say, no, it doesn't mean after Nesuin, it means in the house of the Chasan, meaning there's only Sheva Brachas in a home that the Chasan owns, in the Chasan's home. But if you go to like a friend's apartment, you don't do Sheva Brachas there during the week, which is how Svardim Paskin, Ravad Yosef, felt very strongly that that's the Psak for Svardim, that you only make Sheva Brachas in the house that the Chasan owns, not like in a friend's house or, you know, in a in type of area like that. But let's go with Rashi's Pshat.
that you only make, that's some Rishonim, but Rashi says that you only say Birchas Chasanim, you only say Sheva Brachas after the Nesuin, not after Kedushin. And Rav Yehuda, I'm Af Rav Yehuda disagrees. No, he says you can do Sheva Brachas after Kedushin. Now that's a little strange. What's the Sheva Brachas for? You can't, the whole, the whole Indian of Sheva Brachas is to, is when you start off the marriage and you're living together, you should have a Bracha. So why would you make a Sheva Brachas after Kedushin? So the Gemara clarifies, this is Dafke in the area of Yehuda, in the north Eretz Yisrael, called Yehuda, because over there, after Kedushin, they would seclude with each other. So, therefore, even after Kedushin, it's a Shiloh whether this is permitted, why they did this, it's a Shiloh, but they used to seclude together in order to make themselves more comfortable with each other. It's not necessarily clear whether the Rabbanon were so happy with this, but the point is, because they would seclude with each other, it was like a borderline chuppah. So, in order to allow them to seclude with each other, they would do Sheva Brachas after the Kedushin. That way, when they seclude with each other, it's not like Yichud, it's more like, uh, it's like a, it's like a, like a Yichud room. You know what I mean? It's not like the, it's not like a straight up Yichud, it's like, it's like after the Chup, you go to the Yichud room. So that's what they would do. So therefore, they would do Sheva Brachas because after the Kedushin, they would basically have Nisuin at the same time. And just instead of the form of a Chuppah, they would have it in the form of Yichud. The Gemara says, The Gemara says that this Brisa says, You say Sheva Brachas after Nesuin and after Kedushin. So you, so, so you say Sheva Brachas after the Chopah, and you say a Bracha after the Kedushin, which is what we do. When the when the Chosan gives a ring, they make a Bracha. Now, what what's the Bracha? That's called Birchas Erisin. Again, the Sheva Brachas, if at the Chuppah, the Sheva Brachas is when they call up different Rabbanim, but the Rabbi, who's Masada Kedushin, makes a Bracha of Birchas Erisin uh, by the Kedushin. What's the Bracha? My Mivarech, Ravin Barav Adav, Rav Had Barav, Tervayi Meshid, Rav Huda Ami, Baruch Atah Hashem Elkinam Elchelam, Asher Kedishanam Sois, of Itzivan Al Arayos, Vasalanus Arusais, Vehitilanus Anusuis, Ayidei Chuppah V'Kedushin. Now we end off Baruch Hashem Mekadosh Yisrael Chuvah V'Kedushin, but that was the bracha. Rav Acha Berei Derava Mesayim B'Mashedir Rav Yehuda, and he would end off the bracha instead of just ending. He would end it off with a Baruch Atah Hashem Mekadosh Yisrael Dei Chuvah V'Kedushin, which is what we do. So to Shaila of whether this bracha should have an ending to it or not, Mandalei Chasam Mitiave Bichas Haperis Bichas Hamitzvahs. The one who does not have a Baruch Atah Hashem at the end, he looks at it as like any Bichas Hamitzvahs, right? When you put on Sitzis, you know, Lasati Petzis, you don't end off Baruch Atah Hashem, right? Or or Bichas Haperis, right? Shakonia B'Dvarai doesn't have a Baruch Atah Hashem. It's a ha- it's a short bracha. Right? There's, there's, there's Birchas Kitsaros, there's mini Brachas, and then there's Birchas Aruchas, which are long Brachas, which end with the Baruch HaTashem. So if you held that Birchas Eresin does not end with the Baruch HaTashem, it's because you're modeling it after the other small Brachas, like Birchas HaMitzvahs, Birchas HaNenen, Uman Dechosim, Midave Kedusha, and the one who ends it, he compares it more to Kiddush, which ends off on Friday night, Baruch HaTashem, Mekadish Yisrael V'Hazmanim, so therefore, Therefore, it ends with Baruch Hashem as well. I will stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow, position. Recording stopped.